Welcome back to another episode of Ask the Teacher ABC. We are so happy you have joined us um, here today. Um, how's everything going, Mom? How are things with school? I know school is really close to almost being out. Oh, yes. I, we, you know, just busy cleaning my office. Teachers are cleaning their classrooms. Everyone's a little bit stressed and irritable. Uh, you know, just yeah. trying to keep the reins in on the kids, right? And yeah. um, just kind of, we're on countdown. We are in total countdown mode. So we're all trying to pull together to help each other out to be finished in eight school days. So Ooh. yeah, it's a little bit crazy. What about you? How's it going down there? Really close. It's going really well. We, we're finally like into having some beautiful weather and... Mm -hmm. You know, like some consistently beautiful weather. I really think that um, the frost is over up here, which is good news for me. So I can put my tomatoes in. I can put my whole garden in. And I am super, super happy about that. Hey, by the way, did you have anything growing in your garden? Is anything like sprouting up yet? Like what's going on? Oh, yeah. Well, of course I have rhubarb. You know, that that never goes away. It comes oh. back every year consistently, whether I want to eat it or not. So um, <laughs> rhubarb pie is in my future. Yes. And uh, I have um, asparagus coming up. So I'm very excited about that, though, because I um, kind of a funny story about my asparagus is I was planting it nicely. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then I spilled the whole package and I spilled over like 200 seeds. Oh, my God. And it was like I like looked down at it and they're, they're so tiny. And so oh. I was like, well, good luck. And I just like spread it all out. Oh, my God. Covered gosh. it all up and tied it all down and gave it a blessing. <laughs> and here they are growing. So I was like, thank God, because that was, you know, that was like oh $8 gosh. worth of eight, probably more than that. It was a lot of oh seeds. My Gosh, wow. I got to see but, that. I love asparagus. Yeah, it should be really, it, by next year, we'll be able to pick it and it should be really tasty. So oh, looking forward good. to that. What about your but, peach tree? I remember those little tiny ones last year coming up and I think the goats got to them. Um, the peach tree is actually in full bloom. It is absolutely beautiful. And this should be the year where we actually get peaches. So I wow. am very, very excited about that. Um, yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to make some peach preserves. Yes. Some peach, some peach goat cheese. Oh, it's gonna be great. oh yummy. So I'm excited. All um, But anyway, so we decided for this episode that we're going to um kind of let you let you guys get to know us just a little bit better um we've come up with some questions Bye. and just because you've gotten a lot of uh questions about like what grade you teach and all these different things and people kind of want to know what our background is so that's what we're going to be doing here today um so do you want to start right in on the questions yes let's go ahead and get started okay so like some people wanted to know, like, what is your teaching philosophy? Like, what what are your basic beliefs? Like, how do you kind of run your classroom? What's your foundational, um, you know, ideas of how you want to run your classroom and how you set things up? Right. Well, I, I'm a believer in a noisy classroom. And um, if there is noise in a classroom, that means that there is, well, if there's noise in my classroom, uh -huh. that means that learning is happening. Um, mm -hmm. I require kids to talk to me and to each other, <laughs> um, uh -huh. which they are really good at that. 
Uh Um, And so I have based my philosophy off student engagement and then also gamification. I think if you're going to be in school for a long time, you know, everybody's we're in school for like, I don't know, it's not eight hours exactly, but it's really close to it. Mm -hmm. Um, You should be having fun. And so uh, I have found that by doing those things, you know, I've been very successful um, in my teaching. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've taught um, first grade. I have taught fourth grade. And I finally found my home with junior high. So like sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, even though seventh graders are obviously (laughs) my favorite. (laughs) <laughs> Which everybody like crinkles their nose, like, yes. oh my God, seventh graders? Run! Poor you. And I'm like, <laughs> no, actually, poor kindergarten teachers because <laughs> I don't want to be doing that. But, um, <laughs> but I have found that no matter what grade that I have taught, um, uh-huh. it's been consistent across the board for me that student engagement, talking, having a louder classroom, and then also the gamification has really. Um, been good for me. Well, so um, thank you for that information. And so this makes me think of when students talk to each other, what, like, how do you feel that, how, how effective do you feel that that is when students are talking to other students? Well, I mean, if, if you don't know about Kagan methods, um, then you should really look it up um, because from that research came that students, kids listen to other kids sometimes more than they listen to the teacher. And mm-hmm. that's just a fact. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I I use Kagan methods when I was in first, when I taught first, when I taught fourth, uh, when I taught junior high, I've used it for everything. And that's kind of like the basis of my student engagement um, philosophy is mm-hmm. that kids are talking to each other. So I'll be like, okay, um, so tell me something about the Mayans, you know? Um, but instead of saying, tell me something, I say, okay, now turn to your partner and tell them something about the Mayans. And then I say, okay, now I'm going to do a random, random, okay, randomizer. I'll uh-huh. click the randomizer, it picks the name. Okay, tell me what your partner said about the Mayans. Yes, you know? accountability. And so it's kind of like, um, it takes like the pressure off of me about picking people because I yes. hate calling on people. Right. Um, and it also kind of is like, well, this is the way things are. We're using the randomizer. You've got to know what your partner said. We have to always be listening. Right. And right. we do just as much talking as we do listening. And through that, that's kind of um, that helps kids kind of retain things because not only did they then hear it, then right. they actually said it. Oh, wow. You know? You're right. And so, and, yeah. Go and, ahead. you know, I think that when when students talk to other students, that actually gives them their chance to be called on, right? Because we all know that there's those grades where the kids want to be called on by the teacher, right? They want to be the one to say the answer. But using Uh those strategies, those talking strategies helps kids all get a chance to talk. So I kind of like that. And then gamifying, like who doesn't love games, right? Even just the word, you know, gamifying. Yeah. Well, what about your... Oh, go ahead. Well, I wanted to know, like, what, do you have a special, like, uh, system that you used for gamifying? Like, did you use a certain platform or what? What was um, that called? Well, like, everybody knows Class Dojo. Um, mm-hmm. I used to use Class Dojo um, when I was teaching fifth, uh, fourth and first. 
Uh So under fifth grade, um, you can use gamifying through Class Dojo um, along with Kahoot. Those pair up really nicely together for gamifying for younger kids. Right. Um, For older kids, I used a program called Classcraft. Mm, And uh, if you haven't heard of Classcraft, I highly recommend it. Um, They do have, of course, have a free membership. And then, of course, they have ones that you can pay for as well, pay for as well. Uh Um, I highly recommend their programming. It works fantastically for older kids. Um, It is super awesome. And so I would use Classcraft along with um, Kahoot Uh to uh, do everything. Like we would, um, I would open up, my classroom was literally gamified like consistently and constantly. Mm. Like that is what I did to inspire children to learn right because i know that i don't want to be bored to death Uh and because children have you know when you're a teacher you're catering to a class of 30 kids sometimes more Mm -hmm. i mean i remember one year i had 37 eighth graders Uh crammed into a classroom wow and let me tell you after pe it was not a nice place to be (laughs) It was awful. So (laughs) I'm just saying there's a lot of kids. Um, But when you have that many kids and each one of them learns differently, like you're going to have like your audible learners, but audible Mm -hmm. learners are a very small percentage. And then you have your learners that they learn by doing or they learn by, you know, um, writing or they learn by whatever it may be that they learn. Right, 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 Um, right. When you gamify your classroom, I I have felt that it has helped me be able to reach all of my different students on their level. Wow. Um, wow. So that's what I found with, yes. with doing that. And mm-hmm. it, um, I definitely committed to it, though. You right. know, when, when you decide to do it, you have to do it. Right. And, like, and it works. I know that I... It, it does work. And I, I talk about like, I know that I personally, I've talked a lot about like consistency, like in our last episode. And um, it's just really important because kids like they want consistency. Right. They want to know what's going to happen when they come into the classroom every day. Right. Because the unknown is when you start to have like those kind of behaviors where kids don't know what's going to happen they're not prepared for what's going to happen and therefore they start acting out right um that's right so by minimizing you know um what what i am doing in my classroom and by having a consistency throughout that school year Uh like i do gamification all year i did class craft all year it gave us that foundation that even though the lessons are going to change and even though the material is going to change, the way right. that it's presented and what we're doing with the material is not going to change. Oh, wow. So. That's wonderful. Well, I was reading something about um, gamification and it gave the analogy like if you were playing a Mario game or whatever, and if you get through the maze, but you you don't finish it, like you die, be- you die, quote unquote, before you get to the end, right? What do you do? Mm-hmm. Start again, you again. And, yeah. you, and you learn as you go. So I love that. I really do. You know, I have kind of the same philosophies, of course. I think learning should be fun and uh, you have to plan for it. You have to have procedures in place. 
And it's all about the kiddos running the classroom. I mean, by December, I like to be in the back of the classroom where the kiddos are teaching, teaching each other. They're not afraid to get up in front and talk with a class. And if they're not sitting in a group, okay, well, it's your chance to get up and walk. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. it's like moving around and making a working classroom. And that is really key to really ultimate engagement and for kiddos to buy in and not only buy in, but lean in to learning. Right? Yeah, I 100% agree with that. So like, just tell me like a special experience that you had with a student. It could be anything. Just share maybe a little something special. Uh Like maybe a special impact that you made or how you made (laughs) a child's day or, you know, you always have that student every year. Oh my gosh. I, okay. I know. All right. Okay, good. So I had the pleasure of working with some really amazing um, women at a school called um, Heritage Elementary. Mm-hmm. And one year we um, we had like a surplus of money in oh. our junior high account. Mm-hmm. And we bought um, graduation dresses um, for some of the girls who I'm like going to cry that couldn't afford to buy them. So we, we kind of like looked through, you know, our students that were the most in need. And Mm -hmm. then we, um, you know, we sent out some permission slips, you know, for parents and stuff. And we were, we were able to take them shopping for a graduation dress and uh that was really like that was amazing yeah because i was like what are we gonna do with all this extra money and then we just like came up with this idea and it was it was so great and it was Mm -hmm. like so amazingly impactful for these girls to like you know that weren't gonna be able to afford anything at all to like actually do that and so that was like one of the things that I don't know. Like it just made me realize the impact that teachers have on kids. Right. And it was, you know, I think it was like my first year teaching junior high and like, but I remembered my eighth grade graduation and I remembered my experience and how I got to get, a, you know, got to pick out a beautiful dress and right. have my dress, you know, even though it was, you know, it's nothing in the grand scheme of things, but it's everything in that moment. Yes, definitely. So um, that was something that was was awesome it was just amazing to to do and to see and to to be able to do something like that you know because you see a lot you you see a lot when you're a teacher you really do and like people don't talk about that a lot but like teachers see a lot that we can't do anything about right and to be able to do something about something once right (laughs) right right is it makes you feel it makes you feel better Yes. Yes, it does. It makes you feel like it's all worth it. You know, like all those sad moments and all those moments that your heart goes out to your student and then you're able to bring, you know, a ray of happiness or a ray of sunshine to them, to their lives. And you know what? They don't forget. They do not forget. So, you know, I think for me, I had a, I had a gifted little kid and Uh uh, I would read different stories to the class to, you know, make sure to do like an empathy check. 
So I would read a children's book or I would read picture books and then I would glance over at him and he was always so stoic throughout the whole year. Excuse me. And then around Christmas time, oh, and he had gotten in trouble too. He was always in trouble and the other kids in the class would tell on him, right? And so um, I got, had to get the dad involved and he had to write this letter of apology or whatever. But Mm -hmm. the thing about it is around Christmas time, uh, someone had come in and spoiled the class with gifts and and then the 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 volunteer that that the mom that came in to help out she says tell me a story about your teacher and i thought oh my gosh like this is so inappropriate like what are you doing you know what i mean yeah. and the kids actually calmed down settled down and started to say tell these stories and he was one that stood up and he said you know i used to be a bad kid and i used to not like this teacher at all which was me i was the teacher And then he says, and I'm just like sweating in the back, like, what is he going to say? And he says, she changed my life. And then another student stood up and said, I used to be a bully. And I looked, I was like, oh my gosh, I've never seen this kid be a bully, right? Uh And he said, and I'm like, no. And the kids were like, yeah, he used to be a bully. And he said, you know, Miss Miss Treasure changed my life too. And one by one, they started to say, fourth graders how I changed their life. I was in total denial. And then I realized, wow, I have the keys to unlock the souls of these children. And if I can affect them, that was when I was like, yeah, I'm using my power and I'm going to use it to affect these kids so that when they're 90 years old, they're going to remember Ms. Treasure and how I changed their little lives at fourth grade. But it really meant a lot to me. It really touched me in a way that I had no idea what was going on. And some of the kids revealed, you know, who they were and who they were now. And they held their heads higher. But to be able, the bigger picture is to be able to have students be vulnerable in the classroom and know that it's a safe place to share. That was the big takeaway for me. I know. Well, that's that. And that is such a huge thing, you know, for kids to be able to express themselves in a classroom and you know growing up and in classrooms like I don't ever remember being safe to to feel I don't remember feeling safe like I could say something you know what I mean and that I wouldn't make fun of you know right right and that that is one thing that I strive for in my classrooms because I've seen how wonderful you know your classrooms are and right. You know, like a lot of people um, told me that it was like impossible to do that in junior high. You know, it was impossible Girl. to do that with 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 kids that age. You know, right? But it's not. It's uh-huh. completely possible. And like my proof of that, you know, using like all these methods that you that I learned from watching you, you mm-hmm. know, was when you know I read the last line of Frederick Douglass, and I looked up. And the kids were like, had their, you know, they were, uh, you know, had their arms around each other's shoulders and they were crying. Wow. And even the boys. And I was like, wow. And no one made fun of them. No one poked fun at them for doing this. Like it was because we created that classroom community. Right. You know, and it was with each one of my classes that I was able to do this with because of seeing what you did you know with with students so wow. um 
I commend you, mom. <laughs> oh, well, you know what? I've taught you things we both know, and you've taken them to another level. And then you bring it back to me because you've, you've modified it. You've changed it. You've always made it better. So that I think makes us a great team. And this kind of goes like follows into like friendship. Um, I had That's someone reach out and said, like, how do you keep people from being jealous? How do you, because, you know, I, they saw that on Netflix, I'm going to say on the show with Bliss uh -huh. and they didn't right. see her feeling threatened or jealous. And some people asked me like, can you control that? How do you do that? How do you recreate that? So can yeah. you talk a little bit about how you deal with or talk to kiddos about friendships in classes? Well, I mean, um, I know it's a little different from um, from what you do with the younger kids, but, you know, with mm -hmm. the older kids, you know, um, so there, there have, we had to actually my, my second year uh, teaching junior high um, at Heritage, we had to address um, some big major issues with the girls and we had, uh, we put together a mean girls workshop. Oh, perfect. Um, to talk about things, you know, and we got all the girls together and we did this with all the sixth grade girls, all the seventh grade girls, all the eighth grade girls. And it was a lot of it was about like how, you know, people are individuals and how it's OK for somebody's light to be shining over here and doing this. And for you to also have your light be shining over here. That's and there's no such thing as, you know, uh, one, there can only, there, there's like this myth that like there can only be one light. Right. And if right. that person has the light, then I'm going to take it away. You know, right. that that's not the way it is. The uh -huh. way that it is, is that everyone has a light. Right. And it's okay for everyone's light to shine. Right. 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 And so, um, I mean, that's how we kind of, we addressed things before they got terrible, um, uh -huh. you know, just by doing a workshop uh, for the school. Uh -huh. um, and it was me and, uh, as well as a few other teachers um, right. who we put this together so that we could, you know, get our girls back on track and have something to reference to. Um, uh -huh. As far as like, and, you know, of course I have been, a mediator of many, many, many friendships uh, <laughs> in junior high, especially the sixth graders who cannot handle themselves. Um, but with them, uh, you know, it's it's also just about like, you know what, you're mad now and it's okay for you to be mad about this, but it actually doesn't have to last forever. And right. we both know that you guys are going to want to be friends tomorrow. Right, so look at each right. other now, say you're sorry. Right. And get over it and be friends. I was like, because right. you know that you're going to want to be friends tomorrow when you're sitting alone at lunchtime. And right. let's just skip to the good part. Right. Let's you know, just skip where, it. Where you say, you know what? I'm sorry. And the other person says, you know what? I get it. I'm sorry, too. And right. then we just be friends. Right. And so, um, you know, that was a big thing uh, <laughs> with the oh, sixth no. graders is let's just skip this, you know? Right. I know because it all. I, I, I can't handle the crying right now. <laughs> and it all seems like it centralizes on a couple of things, right? Someone yeah. told a secret uh -huh. or someone likes a boy. We both like the right. same boy. Yep. So yep, and yep, you've yep. been in that situation maybe when you were in school. How did you deal with that? Like, what did I do to help you deal with, like, staying in your own lane? Like, did you feel like there was a time where you could just say, like, 
I, my mom taught me not to even deal with that kind of situation. What, what, what can you add to that? So I, I know I, I did. I mean, like, I, I know that I've like dealt with that before, mm-hmm. um, you know, as a, as a, as a kid, um, right. honestly, if somebody else liked a boy and most of the time it was like an assumption though. Right, like, right. Because I was like a younger kid in, you know, I was a grade ahead. Right, And right. so I was also kind of like behind and I was like, <laughs> what? So, I so like somebody? Well, that's disgusting, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, let's just say so it's disgusting. A right? lot of times I was the one being like, huh? Like, why do they like me? I definitely don't like them. You can have them. Right, right, so, right. So, I mean, that was like, but I also knew that, like, boys were important. Uh-huh. Um, I do remember you telling me that multiple times. Okay, um, And because, I mean, like, I didn't really have issues with that because I never was, I never put myself in the situations uh-huh. where, um, you know, anything, where it would be anything like that. But also, I... um one of the things that you told me was not to tell anybody any secrets. Right, right. Um, there we that go. I didn't want anyone else to find out. Exactly. Exactly. And so that was kind of my rule growing up because like the fact is, is that even though I may have been handling the situation a certain way, other people did not handle the situation that certain way. And right. they were, you know, out for blood or whatever, which right. still baffles me. Um, uh-huh. but I know one of the things that, um, that I did was I didn't tell anybody my secrets. If I had a secret, I wrote down my journal and, you know, of course I would still talk to my friends about stuff, but that was like the main thing that I made sure to keep was if I didn't want any, if I really didn't want anyone to know, right. I certainly didn't tell anyone. Cause I remember you telling me that like other kids, like it's very hard for people to keep secrets. Right. Right. You know? Because and of their so brain. If you really right. don't want to know, so don't want somebody to know and you don't want everyone to find out, then you shouldn't say it. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't tell anyone. Right. And so I think that that kind of kept me honestly, like, um, out of trouble. Um, right. because no one really knew if I had, you know, if I really did like somebody, right. um, you know, and it was, around seventh grade or whatever i just didn't tell anybody so mm-hmm. yeah just go on about your business right stay focused on in yeah your and you know really you really taught us like you know to not focus on 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 boys either yeah yeah you know right. it was like school is like a learning place and mm-hmm. so um i kind of t- took that to heart and of course i had like you know oh this boy is cute and i think he's cute or whatever but it like also wasn't the end of the world because right. I thought a boy was cute. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So no, and I know, think the way that you raised um, that you raised us was just kind of um, was about that. But um, was that was one of the things at least that I remember. But right. let's get back on track with like the teaching question. Okay. Well, that, that was, was a good a, question. That was no, a, no, yeah, that was, you. no, that was a that was a question like how do you run your classroom like with friendships, you know, and and even for me like because that is a part of your classroom, right? Of your culture. And I remember telling kids, I would rather you not be friends because if you're not friends, you're not telling any secrets. 
Mm-hmm. So let's focus on we may or may not like each other, kind of like families, but at the same time, we have to work together. And going oh, back yeah. to the rules, like let's look at the rules, like what types of rules can you say that you were most effective for you in the classroom? Yeah, so I only have two rules in my classroom, and I have stuck by this, and I've been super consistent, my favorite word. Um, (laughs) So the first rule is do not interfere with the learning of others. And my second rule is respect yourself. And if you want to really throw kids off, tell them to respect themselves. They don't know what that means. Right. (laughs) Mind blowing. (laughs) Right. So, yeah. So those are my two rules. And you better believe that in my classroom, when we talk about the two rules, like what what does do not interfere with the learning of others mean? What does that look like? What does it sound like? And then we go to the next rule. What does respect yourself mean? And that's when you really get people thinking and they're like, I mean, what does respect myself mean? Right. You know, so and kids don't um, want to be caught not respecting themselves. They're like, what? You've right. turned it on me? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Right. Right. And so that's a really big thing because you're like, instead of being like, why are you disrespecting me? You right. know, if I've had, I've had to pull a student down and been like, why are you disrespecting yourself like this? Mm-hmm. You, I I really want to know. And right. like that alone, they'll be like, wait a second. And I'm like, right. no, no, this wasn't about me. You didn't disrespect <laughs> me. You, you disrespected yourself. Right. And so, yeah, that's trippy for kids. Um, but those are my only two rules. And those, I have stuck by them. I have used them year after year after year after year after year with all the different grades. And um, those are my rules. So. And they are effective, right? They oh, are yeah. just so effective. Mostly kid, because everything is under that umbrella. Everything is under that umbrella, right? Yeah. Like if you say a bad word, oh, you're not respecting yourself, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm totally about that. And I think or the if you big say kids, a bad word in junior high, then I look at you and I give you the look like, this is your warning. I did hear that and I don't <laughs> want to hear it again. <laughs> You know, I really like how you said, like, you do like a little role play, right? So that way it, yeah. it gets rid of the mystery of what does respect look like? What does self-respect look like? And why are you saying this to me? So that can also lead into like saying affirmations and affirming right. that this is who I am and this is who I want to be and this is where I want to go. Okay, I'm just going to skip to like a really easy question, homework. You know, some parents okay. think that homework is you know, the end all of like, if there's no homework, I need to freak out. Can you talk about that a little bit? I am ready for this question. Okay. <laughs> and I don't know about if the world is ready for this question, but I am. Um, I do not give homework. <laughs> because, the, and this is my reason why. Okay. Right. So when I get off work, I do not even want to think about school. Yeah, 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 yeah. When kids get home from school, and you know this if you have kids, they don't right. want to think about school. No, no. They're like snack time, right. video games, let me be free. They just spent yeah. so long at school. Right. And here's here's the thing. And then this is what I would tell my students at the beginning of every year. Uh-huh. When we'd be going over my syllabus, okay, <laughs> I'd be like, okay. 
homework and then you hear oh, yeah, you, know, you hear all this pain the groan right you the know groan. You hear the groan echo throughout the room and i'm like okay here's the deal guys we're not gonna have homework right because you were gonna work so hard in this classroom you're gonna be exhausted when you leave Ooh, bingo. and i was like and so and and that here's the thing is like i'm not gonna give the kids homework if they get everything done right and I, as a, as a teacher, it is my responsibility to use my time wisely. Exactly. So and I, I do not waste my time. I do not waste my students' time. And right. I use every single moment of my time that I have with them to impact their lives. Right. And to, Im- and to get everything done right. that I can right. possibly fit in. And if I do that five days a week, I don't need to give homework. Right, exactly. And, and there are a lot of people who I know disagree with me on that. But I mean, like, honestly, like, do you want to be doing school 24-7? Right, right. And if your answer that, is yes, like, you know what? Good for you. Then maybe just do it to yourself and not do it to everybody else. Because my answer right. is no. Right, And as right. a kid, I remember, I mean, do you remember when I was in oh, third grade, Mom? I do. I literally <laughs> slaved away yes. at that stupid homework i i don't even remember learning anything okay i probably learned a few things but it was ridiculous it was horrible it was and i I wasn't even a teacher back then yeah you were and it was like three hours you would literally come home from school and work and that's when i was like wow i mean i didn't even know i was going to be a teacher back then but i knew once i did become a teacher and then you know, it's not only just homework, but it's the fight to get it back. And is it the right way? And did your parents help you? And oh, maybe your parents couldn't help you. So like you said, as soon as those kiddos walk through that threshold, we are on, we are working. If you want to save yourself a big headache, right? Oh, yeah. Don't assign homework. And it the research do shows it. it's not impactful. Yeah. You research know. shows vis- visible learning. Okay. Right. What what's the uh, remind me of the the man's name John Hattie? Yeah. Yes, John Hattie. Yes. Okay. Visible learning shows that mm-hmm. homework is ineffective. It is right. not effective. It is right. honestly, don't do it to your don't do it right. to yourself. Don't do right. it to your right. kids. Right. You exactly. know. And as parents, like please go out there and like pick it for no homework. Okay. Because we all know as parents, like I don't want homework. I don't want to have to deal with Finn's homework. And luckily I don't. Now, the one thing that I will agree with, okay, okay that you can do at home is right. 15 minutes of reading. Done. 15 to 20 minutes of reading a day. Now, Finn, he does have a reading log. And uh-huh. I can, and he has to do 20 days of reading, 20 minutes a day. Perfect. Out of the whole month. That wow. kind of homework perfection okay because it's simply that's simply reading you know and honestly like when i when i taught ela i had the kids do a reading log Mm -hmm. yep just do a short reading log it 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 implements a good routine right exactly and that was it I commend Finn's teacher. So good for oh, her. Oh, I know. He he has an excellent teacher um, this year. Um, she is wonderful. So, yeah. Yeah, I noticed like, a, uh, and that's one thing that I think that having this conversation is really good for parents to know. Like, mm-hmm. don't freak out if your kids don't have homework. So oh, thank yeah. you. I'm glad that just, was a good just question. Thank, thank, the, thank your blessings, you know, thank your lucky stars and move on. <laughs> 
Right, because people talk about new math and all this crazy stuff, and they're like, we don't even know how to teach our kids anyway at home. Anyway, that's a whole other ball at, game. And for that, hold on, little tip. If you don't know how to do the quote-unquote new math, right, get on YouTube, and there are videos that show you and your kid how to do it. You can watch exactly. the video with your kid, or you can just set your kid up on YouTube and be like, watch this video play. <laughs> You yeah, know, this play. is what you're doing. Right. And there's teachers on there teaching it. So oh, it's um, great. YouTube is great for learning math, for learning right. new math. The the new math. I think that's so funny. Yeah. Okay. So one last question, just to kind of wind it up, getting to know us. Yeah. Parents. Parents. How do you feel about parents? How do you connect with parents? Anything about parents as a teacher? Like, just talk to us about a couple of things. Yeah. So... I love parents. I think that parents are the best tool because that's how you're going to get the kids to do the stuff that you need them to do. And uh -huh. that's also how some kids are the only way to hold them accountable is through their parents. Right, um, right. I believe that communication with parents should be very, very open. Um, my classroom has, I always have an open door classroom. Anybody can come in at any time and see what I'm doing. I am totally fine with that. And I let parents know that at the beginning of the year. I, um, I will hound parents to get on Class Dojo. If I was doing Class Dojo, all of my parents were connected. I would be like, oh, let me see your cell phone. I'm going to connect you to this app. It's cool. You can see everything <laughs> your kid is doing on a daily basis. <laughs> and I can contact you and you can contact me. Isn't that great? You just text me if you want to. Um, right. So uh, I get crazy about that. And I made sure every single one of my parents was connected on Class Dojo. When I did Class Craft, uh -huh. um, anytime that I had an opportunity to see parents or meet with parents, I would be getting them on Class Craft so that I could simply just text them if there was any issues. And also they could see like what their kids were doing in class, right. which was, was really, really cool. Um, because you can create on Class Dojo, um, if you don't know, you can create portfolios um, and actually have like a classroom stream of like messages um, and pictures and that come up like, oh, the kids in music class today, snap a picture, put a little caption, parents can see that. Yes. Um, so I am really about parent communication. I will, um, I will actually go out of my way. Like if somebody was not in my, like didn't come see me for junior high and I was like, didn't have anything going on for conferences. I would uh -huh. be out in the hallways, like looking for parents. Be like, "Hey, I'm Miss Brittisati," you know. And so okay, I was yes. like the crazy one. Everybody's like, "Why are you doing this? You're prolonging it." I'm like, "I need to know." I know, yeah. <laughs> because honestly, and... like, I w I want to know, like, as a parent, um, you know, I'm gonna be really honest. That's one thing that Finn's school could do better. I don't really get any communication from his teacher at oh, all, unless oh, I uh... communicate with her. Oh. Um, so, and I think that's kind of just as a school and it is a small town, but it uh -huh. would be nice to have that, you know, to know what's going on in the classroom. Right, you know? right, right. Just because, a little you know, bit more. Yeah. there, And they have a lot of restrictions now, you know, because of, you know, um, you know, school shootings and all this other stuff. Like it's very, a very restricted environment. You know, you can't just go in and volunteer like you used to. Right, um, right. So... It would be nice to know what was going on. Yeah. Right. And through those different platforms like Class Dojo, you don't have to be in the classroom. You don't have to walk through the door to find out what's going on. And exactly. really, when you make that transparent 
if you make that classroom transparent for parents, then boy, they really, they really are less anxious, right? They have oh, more trust 100%. for you. Yes. Because I think one thing that you and I have in common, another thing is that we love parents. Like parents, yes. you are their first teacher. You know, yeah. you are the first teacher of your child. I am only with them for a year. Success shows, uh, you know, when parents and teachers work together, the child will be, you know, successful or they mm -hmm. will be, uh, they will love school. And yes. don't we want that? We want a classroom of 42 third graders that are all happy. Anyway, that's another story. <laughs> but I think one thing too is to never talk poorly about the teacher to the child. I've seen that yeah. over my years and it is really dis destructive. Even if the teacher is not retaliatory, you know, does little things to the kid or whatever, you know what I mean? Like an unspoken language, like, you know, whatever. But I think the main thing is, you know, never talk poorly about the teacher to the, to your child, you know, talk poorly about the teacher to the principal or, you know, to maybe your partner or something. But that really poisons kids because really kids, kiddos want to have a good relationship with the teacher, right? Yeah. I mean, unless you plan on, you know, and if you're having that big of a problem with it, with a teacher, like you need okay. to go address the situation directly at the source exactly. um, with, with the teacher, with the principal um, to get things taken care of so that, you know, even, you know, so that your child's not in that class because to have to you know, be with someone all day who you know that your parents don't like is rough. Right. right. Um, yeah. On kids. It's hard on the kids. Yes. Um, and it gives them anxiety. A lot of kids gives them anxiety. I've just I've seen it before. I know you've seen it before. Um, just with with students. You know. Right. So. Um, I know. Gosh, there's so much to being a teacher. Right? There's so much. I know. It's like after talking about it, it's like, uh, okay, well, I now you start to realize like all these something. things and you're like, oh my God. I know. And so. I do that in one day, right? I do that in one day. That's just one day. So anyway, well, let's just go ahead and wrap this um, session up, this episode up. I think that through everything that we said, we kind of got off a little bit, but I think through everything that we said, we were able to, you know, express our philosophies, what we think. We probably blew a lot of people's minds about homework. Um, believe me, that day of homework will come. It's called college, Hold high on, school. Wait, before, he, before we go, we're going to take heard. a couple extra minutes. Okay. Mom, my wonderful yes. mother, who yes. sometimes doesn't like to speak about herself. Okay. So uh -huh. tell us, what grades have you taught, Mom? Okay, well, <clears throat> excuse me. No, I'm just, I'm teasing. So I taught preschool <laughs> in Japan before you were born. I okay. taught, uh, gee, kindergarten through eighth grade. I even taught boys PE at one time. My forte is third grade, which I have mostly taught. Oh, wow. um, I am a gifted specialist, so I love teaching the gifted kids. I mean, it's crazy. It's not easy at all when you, you have a child trying to figure out quantum physics or something, you know. Anyway, um just teaching all the different grade levels. And I think my uh -huh. forte is right about third, fourth grade. I even kind of like fifth graders a little bit more. Uh -huh. You know, you can have the sixth graders all day. You can have the, the bigger kids. And the funny thing is, is that you made such a big impact on Tatiana because it's kind of crazy that you were your little sister's teacher <laughs> and yes. held her accountable and held her oh, accountable. Yes. I gave her her yeah. very first detention. That's great. <laughs> 
It was glorious. How many times can you say that your older sister gave you your first detention, your first and only detention? I have that. I do. Tatiana, I gave you your detention and I don't take it back. Right. I know. It's so funny because I remember the first thing she, she thought I was going to side with her. And the first thing I said to her is I said, oh, you forgot that your sister was your teacher. You can't bring sister into the classroom. You can only bring teacher into the classroom. Oh, right? that's so funny. So, uh, so I and, think that But one last out. thing before we go. Um, you've also been a mentor teacher. You were yes. you mentored multiple, multiple teachers. You've worked in the district office. Um, you even before you um, graduated with your degree, you even worked as a as a secretary. So you've done everything at a school. I've worn all the hats, every hat. Uh, being a reading specialist, um, being in the leadership position this year, being an acceleration specialist, trying to close the gaps of what happened during COVID. So, you know, I feel like I'm really well-rounded as far as an educator goes. Yeah. And I remember my principal used that excuse when she changed me from third grade to fourth grade. You know, you need to be able to teach other grades. It's like, okay, just don't give me kindergarten. Like kindergarten is I know, there is a special place. Like everyone's like, there's a special place for middle school teachers. No, 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 no. no. There's no. a special place for kindergarten teachers. <laughs> Try tying 30 kids' shoes, okay? Mm-hmm. Try tying that many shoes and see how your back feels after that. Right. So kindergarten right. teachers, bless you all. Bless, bless you. all teachers, actually. And parents, yes. too. Because we yes. all got to deal with this crazy thing called school. And sometimes it's amazing and sometimes it's crazy and we are here for all of it. Yes. Thank you. Yes. we. I love how you said that. All well, righty. Thank you everyone for joining us today. Hopefully you got to know us a little bit better. Um, <laughs> we so look forward to speaking to everyone next week. And next week specifically, we are doing Daughter Relationships Part 2. Yes. So, um, that is the special announcement that you've been waiting for. So um, next week we will be dropping Daughter Relationships Part 2. So looking forward to seeing everybody then. Everyone have a beautiful, blessed day. Yes. See you next time. Bye.